welcome back to We've Got Nerve, After Dark Edition. We're your hosts, Becca and Lindsay, and today we will be talking about sleep paralysis and dreams. Specifically, lucid dreaming and sleep paralysis. This episode of Lights Out is brought to you by Dreamlight Pro and Ollie Sleep. Before we get into dreams, let's review what controls our sleep and dreams. The brain. Thanks, Becca. The brain is split into many different regions with different jobs, so today we'll just focus on the parts important for sleep. Gyri, the frontal, parietal, and occipital lobes, the cerebral cortex, the hippocampus, the thalamus, the amygdala, the medulla oblongata, and the neuromuscular junction. So first off, the brain surface is made up of folds with the indents being called sulci and the elevated bumps being called gyri. Now this structure enables complex thought and activity and is what necessarily makes humans smarter than animals. So the brain is composed of four lobes responsible for different functions, but today we're going to be focusing on three of them. First, we have the frontal lobe, which is in the front of the brain and helps with memory, personality, judgment, and mood. Next comes the parietal lobe, which makes up the top of the brain and is responsible for senses. Then finally, at the back of the brain, which is the occipital lobe, the center for vision. There is one more lobe, but we will not be discussing that one today with our podcast. Aside from these brain regions, there are other small parts of the brain that are critical. The cerebral cortex is a thin layer that connects the left and right sides of the brain and helps them work together. The prefrontal cortex, which is a subsection of the cerebral cortex, helps in forming emotional reactions. The hippocampus stores memories for short periods of time. Next is the thalamus, which relays sensory and motor signals from motor neurons and regulates consciousness. The amygdala controls emotional connections to memories and helps in the fight-or-flight response. Then there's the medulla oblongata, located in the brainstem, which regulates breathing and heart rate. So next up, we have the neuromuscular junction, which is a critical part of the movement of our bodies. At the junction, a motor neuron connects to a skeletal muscle cell, and then this motor neuron releases a neurotransmitter called acetylcholine, or ACH, which travels to the muscle cell and creates an impulse, consequently causing a movement of the muscle. The nervous system is the most complex and highly organized body system. It receives information from the sensory organs via nerves, transmits the information through the spinal cord, and processes it in the brain. Together, the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system transmit and process sensory information and coordinate bodily functions. Thanks, Lindsay. So we're going to be right back to talk about lucid dreaming after this message from our amazing sponsors, Ollie Sleep Melatonin Gummies. Are you having trouble sleeping? Well, I've got the stuff for you. Ollie Melatonin Gummies will solve all of your sleeping problems. These gummies help to boost your natural sleep hormone, also known as melatonin, and will rest your senses, which will allow you to get a good night's rest. These gummies contain melatonin, which helps regulate your sleep cycle, botanicals, which help soothe and relaxes you, and L-thionine, which supports a calm and relaxed mood. A good night's rest can be achieved by our small price of $17. Thanks, Ollie Sleep, for providing help to those who have trouble sleeping. Now let's go to Lindsay to talk more about lucid dreaming. Thanks, Becca. A lucid dream is a dream in which the sleeper is aware that they are in the state of dreaming. During this event, the dreamer is able to regulate aspects of their dream. 
They can change the setting of the dream, they can make certain people appear or disappear, and they can control the events that occur in the dream. Lucid dreams are not very common, for only about 50% of people have experienced at least one lucid dream in their life, and only about 20% of people have lucid dreams once a month. Lucid dreams occur during REM sleep, which are cycles of sleep that are characterized by mi minor bodily movements and dreaming. Understanding how lucid dreams occur can be a bit confusing. So first, let's understand what happens during a regular dream. During a dream in which we are unconscious, memories that were gathered throughout our day in our hippocampus are transferred to the cerebral cortex, which is the main feature of the brain that consists of squishy folded tissue through our nervous system. The frontal lobe of the cerebral cortex and the thalamus then organize these memories, and this organization is what causes us to dream. Our experiences during dreams feel very realistic because the frontal lobe controls emotional responses and the thalamus processes sensory info and motor control. So these aspects are active when the frontal lobe and thalamus organize your memories during REM sleep and thus makes dreams feel real. Lucid dreaming follows a similar process except that the brain is more awake. During lucid dreams, the brain uses the prefrontal cortex, the inferior parietal lobe, and the gyrus to organize the memories from the hippocampus. These parts of the brain regulate our higher cognitive abilities, such as attention and self-consciousness. So when they are activated during the organization of memories, we are more conscious of our dreaming state, and as a result, we have lucid dreams. And now we'll take some questions from our listeners. Hi, thank you so much for having me on the show. Can lucid dreaming affect one's mental state or have bad consequences? Hi, thanks for calling in. So lucid dreams are usually harmless, but they could possibly bring some consequences. First, you could develop the inability to tell the difference between dream and reality. Your conscious and subconscious could get mixed up with each other, and this could affect how you function in daily life. Second, having an accident such as injuring yourself is also possible because you have more control over your higher cognitive abilities, and so you can move around more in real time while you're dreaming, but you won't be aware of your surroundings in reality. Let's take another phone call. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Can you train yourself to lucid dream? Hi, thanks for calling. Yes, there are many things you can do to practice lucid dreaming, but it takes a lot of persistence, and these tactics can only result in small progress with lucid dreaming. One thing you can do is make sure you have a comfortable environment in your bedroom to maximize the quality of your sleep. Another thing you can do is practice reality assessments during the day so that when you are asleep, you'll be able to identify if you're in a dream. Keeping a dream journal can also help you identify dreams better when you are asleep. So thank you again, callers, for your questions. Before we move on to learning about sleep paralysis with Becca, we have one more message from our generous sponsors, Dreamlight. <laughs> Are you too stressed or can't relax? The Dreamlight may be for you then. The Dreamlight Pro will help you to relax and forget the world around you. The light, sound, and heat systems help you to fall asleep and relax. The heat relaxes your muscles, which improves comfort of the user. The light provided causes the user to enter a calm, meditative state, which helps to improve the quality of sleep. The audio provided also helps the entrance of a relaxed state of mind. The Dreamlight Pro has many different options for the user, including a black, gray, or green option. These are available for you at the price of $299, which is inexpensive for the many benefits it provides. Get your Dreamlight Pro today.
Thank you, Dreamlight. Go buy your Dreamlight Pro now to make your sleep, sleep quality so much better. Now let's send it to Becca for sleep paralysis. Thanks, Lindsay. So while how you explained lucid dreaming can seem fun and exciting, there is a darker, more mysterious side to our dreams. Sleep paralysis, also known as REM sleep disorder, is described as being an experience where a person is dreaming while they are awake. It is estimated that between 7 and 8% of people, mainly women, young adults, and African Americans, experience it. Now, the experience of sleep paralysis only lasts for a few minutes, but these minutes can be terrifying. Horror movie-like hallucinations, muscle paralysis, and feelings of suffocation all are common symptoms of having a sleep paralysis episode. But how does our nervous system necessarily play into this? To understand this, we really have to focus on the brain, specifically the sleep cycle that is regulated by our hypothalamus. The REM, also known as rapid eye movement or fifth and final stage of our sleep cycle, is when sleep paralysis will set in. REM, which occurs approximately 90 minutes into a sleep cycle, is when the brain is most active, which produces the most vivid and emotionally charged dreams. REM brain activity can actually generate more recorded activity than a brain when a person is awake. Outside of the brain, motor neurons that connect to the nervous system with the neuromuscular junction in the body are inhibited. Now this will cause the paralysis that people often feel when they are having sleep paralysis. This, par this paralysis also is a mechanism by the body that help prevent us from acting out REM's elaborate visions and causing harm. Normally when a person is asleep, they don't notice this, but when sleep paralysis sets in, a person is fully awake. Now the medulla oblongata of the brainstem, which controls breathing, takes full control and institutes a completely regular breathing pattern which would be unlike our breathing pattern, which is uneven when we are awake. When a person wakes up into sleep paralysis, this is what causes the feeling of suffocation. Then the worst symptoms, the final horror movie-like hallucinations, are affected by both the occipital, which controls sensory information, and the amygdala, which are our emotion and threat center of the nervous system, causing our feelings of fear. Sleep paralysis, while being physically informative, also displays very crucial behavioral information. Many studies find that cultural beliefs surrounding REM sleep disorder can heighten or lessen a sleep paralysis episode, which shows how learned behaviors can affect our nervous system. As well, unhealthy sleep hygiene, such as watching movies before going to bed, having an irregular sleep schedule, and outside melatonin or caffeine intake can affect the ways our brains relate our nervous system controls our body. Now we'll take some calls from our callers. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Can you snap out of sleep paralysis? Great question. So there really is no way to snap out of sleep paralysis. When an episode occurs, our bodies are in the middle of regulating our sleep schedule. So while our brain and senses essentially wake up, our body is asleep. Because our bodies are experiencing two different cycles all at once, our nervous system is rapidly sending contradicting signals to our brain and initiating our fight or flight mode, also known as our sympathetic response system. Now, either reaction, regardless of what you have, will cause the panic 
feelings of suffocation, hallucinations, and paralysis to set in. Our senses are active while our bodies are asleep. The best thing to do during an REM sleep disorder attack would to stay calm. That way the feelings of suffocation do not take over. Then many experts who have studied this suggest focusing on minuscule movements, such as wiggling your fingers and your toes. This will start to signal to the body that you are awake and will help you to regain mobility. And finally, if neither one works, you just have to wait it out. These episodes really only last a few minutes, even though they can feel absolutely terrifying. These can also be preventable, actually, by establishing healthy sleep hygiene. It really is crazy how our brains work and how our signal response pathways with our nervous system respond. Dreams only account for a limited understanding of how our brain interacts with the rest of our body, but there is still so much mystery that surrounds them. Exactly. By learning more about our dreams, we in turn begin to understand ourselves and our habits or behaviors better. And that just about wraps up our episode today. That's our special After Dark episode. Join us same time, same place next week on We've Got Nerve, this time for Fight, Flight, or Freeze.